your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 4th, 2021. Your boy Q here. Very excited about today's show because every single Thursday we have crossover editions. So this is a week where we really need the crossover edition as we're trying to start to turn the page and look forward to some actual football activities. And there is a game that the Raiders have to play on Sunday against the New York football Giants. So we'll get the preview coming up on today's show. Off top, I'd like to thank everyone for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find this show, Locked On Raiders podcast, free and available on all platforms. Also, today's episode is being brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get great food. It's also an official unofficial community center a big thank you to our friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it coming up on today's show as mentioned it is crossover thursday so patricia trainer host of locked on giants she'll join the show to talk all things g-men break it down what to expect who's gonna be playing who's not gonna be playing they're dealing with a lot of injuries they're dealing with a lot of covid and i'll tell you this before we even get into it uh, we talked about this and we had this conversation before all the covid news rolled out so you won't hear us talk about the giants and COVID, but you will hear us talk about the Giants as far as injuries go. So that's coming up on today's show in segment number two and segment number three. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as we always do. And please believe there's plenty to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, I mentioned on Wednesday's show that now former wide receiver for the Raiders, Henry Ruggs, was going to be in court on Wednesday morning. He was 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and they rolled out all the details, all the details, all the questions a lot of folks had. You know, hey, don't speculate. Well, let's wait till we find out the exact details, the facts of what really happened in the accident. And we found out enough facts. You know, we found out enough facts to understand why the Raiders went ahead and released him as quickly as they did. He was in court. Uh, Prosecutor Eric Bowman said that Ruggs was traveling at 100. 156 miles an hour, two seconds before the crash. He was at 127 miles per hour when the airbags deployed. His blood alcohol level was more than twice the legal limit and had a loaded gun that was also found in the car. Ruggs is ordered back in court on November 10th. So right there, that lets you know that there's enough there for the Raiders to say, yeah, this is not going to end well for him. We need to just go ahead and release him and be on our way about that business. Not saying that they're turning their backs on him, but they also have a business to run. So that's why you kind of knew that. I had an idea on, uh, on Tuesday night when they released him as quickly as they did that they had already found out a lot of evidence and already found out a lot of the information uh, that went into that accident and knew that Henry Ruggs was in a bad, bad position. So that's why they released him as quickly as they did. But those were the details that we found out about the accident. And again, he's ordered back in court on November 10th. That's when you'll find out the official charges and see what happens. So, of course, that's going to be something, even though he's not a member of the Raiders anymore, we'll obviously continue to monitor. Also, as far as the accident happens, we also found out the identity of the young woman who lost her life, the 23-year-old. Her name was Tina Tintor of uh, Las Vegas, and she lived uh, just a few blocks away from where the accident happened. And so uh, much prayers to her and obviously her family because they're going through something that uh, they were not prepared for. You can't prepare yourself for this kind of situation. There's no blueprint to it. There's no there's no uh, instruction manual. You just have to kind of go about it the, the best way you can. So uh, if you have a second, a spare second or two, and you're a praying person, a God-fearing person, send up a prayer for the family, man, because they are definitely going to go through it. So uh, Tina Tintor, 23 years 
years old of Las Vegas is the young lady who lost her life along with her dog in that uh, fiery accident caused by Henry Ruggs. So Wednesday was also the first day that anyone from the Raiders as far as players or coaches met with the media and Rich Basaccia again man I mean bless this dude he's had to go through a lot right ever since being the interim head coach man he's dealt with the Gruden situation he took that on the chin and was a, a trooper and battled through it and now he's got to deal with this situation again uh, there is no blueprint so he's just kind of going through it and, and doing it the best he can but uh, Rich Basaccia and Derek Carr both met with the media on Wednesday and I thought both of them did a really good job so I wanted to bring you a little bit of sound from both guys uh, both the interim head coach and Derek Carr first of all off top here's Rich Basaccia's opening statement first of all uh, we want to express our sincere condolences to the victim's family um, a person lost their life yesterday morning uh, and, and we think it's important to keep focus on that as we talk about this tragic event um, we're, we're deeply saddened for everyone affected especially the victim's family that being said we love Henry Ruggs and want him to know that his terrible lapse in judgment of the most horrific kind it's something that he'll have to live with the rest of his life the gravity of the situation is not lost on anyone here and we understand and respect the loss of life. And um, with that, I'll, I'll, I'll try to take your questions. And he really said it best. You know, I'll try to answer any questions that you have. And he did. He talked to the media for about 10 to 12 minutes. He did a really good job. You can't really prepare yourself. I mean, you kind of think that you have an idea of what's going to be asked, but you really don't know. And you've got to be sincere about it. If you don't, everyone will see right through it. So uh, you got to give Rich Basaccia a lot of credit, man. He's had to really be under the, under the gun and under the firing squad a lot the last few weeks for really no fault of his own. So he was asked about the emotions that's going through his head and what led to the quick release of Henry Ruggs. Here he is. To be perfectly frank, I don't really know if I can put into words the, the emotional um, feelings that, you know, certainly I went through and, and certainly uh, I can't speak for our players or our coaches or um, our, our owner, our organization. I just know for me as a, um, as a parent and a person that um, cares about young people and uh, deals with young people every day, I really don't know if I could quantify what the emotions are. Um, so with that being said, I think uh, late last night or late yesterday afternoon, um, as time went on and the organization gained more information, um, I think you read our, our first statement, um, but I think as they, we all gained more information, certainly um, as Mark gained more information, I think our, uh, our, our team, official team met upstairs and, and um, I think we came to the conclusion, and, and owner Mark uh, thought it best for the organization um, to, to do that at that particular time. So um, I think there's two separate entities. There's Henry Ruggs, the football player, which uh, is no longer a part of the Raiders, and then uh, Henry Ruggs, the person who is certainly going through um, what he's going through and is going to have to pay the consequences for the actions. I love that answer right there. I love the fact that he was able to separate Henry Ruggs, the football player, and Henry Ruggs, the man. And I think more of us need to do that because there is a big difference. You know, a lot of folks just look at him as a football player. But like I said on Wednesday's podcast, man, there's more to these guys than just catching balls and scoring touchdowns and winning games. I mean, these guys are humans. These guys are sons. They're, they're fathers. You know, they're friends. They're brothers. I mean, there's just there's so many things that go into it. There's a human element. I and mean, sometimes we get lost in the shuffle. And I, I include myself 
in that because I know I can get caught up in that as well. But uh, there's a human element to this that I think all of us need to remember. So the final quote I have from Rich Bisacci is about how hopeless he feels. I mean, this guy is a, a leader of men. He's the guy who's been asked to to lead the team and on the interim basis ever since John Gruden stepped down, and he has no control over this circumstance, he has no control, obviously, over the Gruden circumstance, but they're kind of they're moved on from that. But this situation right here, he has no control of. So what are his emotions on that? How hopeless does he feel? There's no blueprint for this. There's no, there's no handbook that they give you for the obstacles that you occur, um, whether you're a, a parent, whether you're a teacher, whether you're, you know, my dad drove a truck. So there, there's no blueprint for these things. And um, I just think we all lean on each other in there. There's a lot of other coaches that we have on staff that have a lot of experiences. We have players that have gone through other things. So I think we've done a good job of communicating with each other. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to give the best resources that we have to our players uh, within Montel and Miss Jean and people at, um, and their department and then certainly what we've done um, as coaches. So um, again, we'll see how we respond to to the situation we're in. So there's Rich Bisaccia again, man. He did a great job, handled it like a pro. If you have not heard the whole media session, you probably want to go back and do it. I encourage you to go back and listen to the whole thing. Uh, he's he's just really a really good leader of men. And uh, again, I don't know uh, what he was going to be, or I didn't know what he was going to be as a head coach of the team. I just didn't. I know he's been in the league for a long time. He's got a lot of respect from a lot of players and, and, and other folks around the NFL. But uh, man, I'll tell you what, this guy is gaining a fan in me each and every day. Another guy who's gaining a fan from me is uh, Derek Carr. And I know that Derek Carr is not for everybody. I know that he's a lightning rod conversation. Uh, you either love him or you hate him. But I'll tell you what, he is probably the best guy to be the leader as far as player on this team. As far as the quarterback of this team, everybody is not, you know, a great leader. There could be some great players that aren't great leaders. And I think Derek Carr is Mr. Right on Time for the Silver and Black, especially in this situation. So I only got a couple quotes from him, but uh, you can hear the sincerity. You can hear the emotion in his voice. You can hear everything. So uh, the first one was about his emotions. You know, what are his emotions as far as being a leader of this team when he thinks about this situation? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, my emotions have been... Um, <laughs> on a roller coaster, so to speak, this year, you know, and, um, and my, my heart goes out so much, um, try and say it with a straight face, because um, I've already been emotional about every bit of this, um, but to the family, um, to all the families involved, uh, you know, you never want to, no one ever wants to see this, whether it's a football player or not, you never want to see something like this happen, and, um, you know, it broke it broke my wife and I's heart. You know, honestly, and uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but I can only talk about it so much. You know, um, but at the same time, uh, whether it's fair or not, I have to compartmentalize, and I have a job to do. These are two totally different situations. Um, some similar emotions, some very different emotions, um, uh, but the message has to stay the same. You don't. Honestly, I don't want it to right now. If I'm selfish, I don't want it to. I want to say a lot of different things. But we have a game this week, and I've got a job to do. And so do the, the guys in that locker room. And um, from that aspect, from a football aspect, I hate to talk about both in the same thing, but it's weird, and that's what we're doing, right? Um, from a football aspect, every man in that locker room kind of feels the same way. Um, and... But we have work to do. We had to come out and practice. We had film study 
Monday and Tuesday. You know, like we have, you know, all of these things that we still have to do, right? And so I don't know the right way to handle it, um, but I'm doing my best. So there you hear a very detailed answer right there from Derek Carr, and that's how he is. He's always very detailed in his answers. He never just gives you a one- to two-word or a quick five-second answer. He always gives you the full details, and you could tell his emotions are all over the place. Doesn't want to talk about football. Doesn't want to just talk about, you know, the human tragic side of things, uh, but has to talk about both, and so he did that there. And so the final soundbite I want you to hear from him, and again, this is another one. I encourage you to go back and listen to the whole thing if you have the opportunity. We actually played the whole thing on my radio show on uh, on. Wednesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. So he was asked about the feeling he has knowing that this is something he can't control. He's the quarterback of the team, but he, just like Rich Basaccia, cannot control this situation. It's just one of those that is there and it's going to happen. But how is he feeling knowing that this is out of his control? You know, just for, for me personally, me my, in my own life, um, you know, I, I've experienced loss. And so I, I know that feeling. And so my heart first goes to the families that are involved, okay? Um, you know, when, there's things that happen in life for all of us that we don't have control over. And you wish you did. I have a thousand questions I wish I could ask, um, you know, but uh, I don't get those opportunities, you know. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand everything and why certain things happen. Um, and I, and I've, I just forever have relied on the foundation of who I am is my faith. And I'm going to stand on that when it's hard and I'm going to stand on it when it's easy. And and that's just who I'm going to be when I can control something and when I can't. And so when it comes to this situation, you know, there's so many things out of our control, but then I do sit back and I think, you know, was there something did I, you know, did I not, did I not let him know that he really could, I'd be there for him at 3 a.m. You know, that, you know, I, I'm, I want to be better. You know, um, I think, I really look at everything in my life as a learning experience. Could I have been better, you know, to help or something? You know, I just, um, <laughs> I just wish, I, I just wish I, I could have done something. You know, I, I look at it that way. Could I have done anything to help? You know, even when it seems impossible, is there any little thing I could have done better? You know, and um, I know it's a crazy thing to even think or say, but I'm always looking at trying to be a better person. Just love it right there. I love that answer from Derek Carr, and I love the fact that well, I, I don't love it. It sounds like it's it's something that you like and that you want to hear, but uh, no, just just knowing that you know he's saying, what could I have done? Could I have been there for him at 3 a.m.? Could I have done something to let him know that I was there? I mean, you know, I mean that's that's when you know that someone is genuine about another person and that they really care about him when they they put themselves into the position like, how could I have done something better? How could I have done something more to try to help him out? And I just thought that that was spot on from D.C. and and uh, I'm telling you, if he's not the right guy for the job for the silver and black, I don't know who is. So uh, that's just a couple of the sound bites that I wanted you to hear from the uh, post-practice media session that happened on Wednesday. Uh, I also want to give you real quickly before we get into segment number two and part one of the crossover edition with uh, Patricia Trainer as we talk all things G-Men, want to let you know about some Raiders roster news. On Wednesday, the Raiders signed free agent linebacker Markel Lee. He returns to the team, originally a member, a member of the silver and black, a fifth round pick in 2017. Uh, also, the team signed quarterback Nathan Peterman and wide receiver Marcel Aitman back to the practice squad. So both of those guys are on the practice squad. And then a corresponding move, the Raiders released tackle Dan Skipper from the practice squad. So those are the latest and the greatest as far as the Raiders roster moves. Uh, that's the post-practice audio that you've heard there. And of course, the details of what went on in the Henry Ruggs accident. More to be determined when that comes to you. So coming up in segment number two, crossover edition, part one. Patricia Trainer from Locked On Giants. She'll join the show to talk all things G-Man and Raiders 
as that's who's up next on the schedule coming up on Sunday. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors, including McDonald's, who is the title sponsor of today's show. McDonald's has been serving communities since 1965, and they've always been more than just a place to get great, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family go to reconnect, a place where classmates, they meet up for study group after school. They have dependable Wi-Fi, and of course, there's fries and McFlurries, so who can go wrong there, right? Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team all go to recharge. It's also the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip just to rest your legs, refuel, Get an Egg McMuffin, especially with breakfast served all day, uh, or some nuggets or whatever it is. There's always something on the menu that you can get as you're trying to get your refuel on. So uh, right now you need to head to your local McDonald's. You need to refuel and reconnect. Matter of fact, I'm thinking about there could be a potential Locked On Raiders podcast watch party. Why not? We can do about anything we want to do. That's how we get down. And McDonald's, if we're going to do it, is the place to do it, right? I'm loving it. I also want to tell you about a fantastic app that if you drive, and I know a lot of folks do, you need to have this. It's that Get Upside app. It's an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. All the listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get your cash back using the GetUpside app. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. You're going to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making a whole lot. As much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime you want to. Your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card. Amazon, other brands, it doesn't matter. They got you covered. Just download the free GetUpside app right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. The app, GetUpside. Get it now. Segment number two, it's up next. You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part one of the crossover edition. Talking all things Giants, talking all things Raiders. They'll square up with each other this Sunday early morning as they're on the road in New York taking on the Giants. Giants are not a very good team, but just, hey, it's time to break it down because they are another team up on the schedule. To help us break this down, Patricia Trainer, she's the host of the Locked On Giants show. She also covers the G-Men for Sports Illustrated, does a fantastic job. So, uh, Patricia, thank you so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you today. And Monday Night Football, the Giants, they uh, had an opportunity to beat the Chiefs, in my opinion. They just weren't able to seal the deal. They just weren't able to finish what they had going. It looked like they were right there for the taking trying to get that game, but they couldn't do it. So this is year two under Joe Judge. What has been your overall feelings of the New York football Giants? Frustrating. I mean, this is a roster that on paper, the talent is much better than what they had last year. They are in year two of the same system, which, you know, was not a bad system last year. They all stayed bought in. Um, Yeah, the record wasn't very good last year, but there was hope. Right. This year, I don't know what happened. I really don't. I mean, if anybody has an answer, I'd <laughs> like to hear it because they just look like a totally different team, even though, again, the talent has been upgraded. There's been a lack of consistency. Now, there's been some good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Injuries has been a big problem. Right. You know, they le- they keep losing receivers left and right. I mean, goodness. Um, you know, the defense has straightened out a little bit. They, they started off the season a little shaky, but they played well. They played yep. well, I thought. 
against the Kansas City Chiefs. The offense, not so much so. But it's been really difficult. It's been frustrating because, you know, these injuries keep bringing the skill makers in and out of the lineup, different offensive line configurations. And if you're Jason Garrett, the offensive line, I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator, you have no idea what this offense is supposed to look like. You have no idea, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses are. You're basically shooting in the dark, if you will. And it's just made for a very frustrating time. And then you throw in the fact that they have these mistakes and sometimes they're undisciplined and it's just made for an absolute mess of a season. Yeah, it it really has. And you said those injuries. And of course, Saquon Barkley is going to be the one that everyone talks about. He's the big ticket guy. But I mean, there's injuries all over that team. Wide receivers, even Tony goes down for a little while with a like look like a wrist or a a thumb injury on Monday Night Football. That was a a rough deal. Uh, Where are we as far as the injuries? Does it look like I know Saquon didn't play Monday night, but does it look like he'll be available this Sunday for the Raiders? That remains to be seen. Um, There was a report on uh, Monday Night Football that Saquon was still talking about how he still had some swelling. My guess, and if I'm the Giants, I hold him and I give him the bye week. Why bring him back now? The season is basically down the toilet. So why bring him back now? Um, Now watch that. That'll mean that they'll bring him back now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, if I'm if I'm the Giants, I hold them and I let him come back after the bye. Same thing with Kenny Galladay. At this point, you know, just make do with what you've got. I know it's not a lot. I know these injuries are, are ripping through the team, but you know, you got to think smart. You got to think long term. And what benefit would it be to to bring them back in a game and then you know have them start up and then you've got the week off, the, the, the ten day or fourteen days, whatever it is. To me, it doesn't make sense. But of course, you know, like I said, the Giants will probably do it because it doesn't make sense. Right. And he'll probably run for 200 yards with that being said. You know, he'll come back and he'll be like, yeah, see, that's why he played. But uh, yeah, I I think you're right about that. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to rush him back out there. Now, you mentioned Jason Garrett. He's the OC. Joe Judge is in his second year as the head coach. What is the dynamic between those guys right now? Are they still on the same page? I mean, when I covered the Cowboys in Central Texas for years on top of years, there wasn't a whole lot of folks that were big fans of Jason Garrett. What's the overall feeling right now as he's the OC with the with the G-Men? I think a lot of Giant fans aren't a big fans of him either. <laughs> um, the, it's an interesting dynamic. Jason was once a backup quarterback here for right. the, I think it was 2000, or I think it was either 1999, 2000. He was on that 2000 Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. So the Mara family got to know him and they're fond of him. And Jason's a good guy. Let's, let's. Yeah. He's a, good dude. He's, a, he's a, a wonderful person. Um, that said, I, I found it interesting because he had never worked with Joe judge before. And if you look at the makeup of Joe judge's staff, just about everybody on his assistant coaching staff, he came in contact with in a prior life mm-hmm. with very few exceptions. I think Ty Tolbert was one exception and Jason Garrett is the other. And there was always some question about, you know, was Jason Garrett forced on Joe Judge? Now, I don't think forced is the right word here, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's kind of like if your boss comes to you and says, hey, Q, why don't you, you know, give an interview to my daughter? Right. You know, and, yeah. and you know you're, that, that the boss's daughter isn't a good fit, but you're going to give the boss's daughter an interview and you're going to you know, right. try to appease the boss, you know, yep. as opposed to say, hey, no, I don't want anything to do She's with She's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how I always interpreted the situation. I mean, ultimately, yes, it was Joe Judge's decision who was on his staff, but 
I can't help but wonder if maybe he took into consideration a recommendation maybe he got from ownership. Right. And I just found it interesting how this year Joe shuffled the offensive assistant coaches around a little bit. Um, Freddie Kitchens, who I think is the offensive coordinator in waiting if Jason ever leaves, was moved from tight ends coach to like a senior offensive assistant role. Hmm. All right. Well, what the heck does that mean? That's a very ambiguous title. So, and Freddie Kitchens, if you remember last year when Jason Garrett had COVID and couldn't coach, Freddie was the play caller. So you just kind of see where it's going. Yeah. And I, I don't think, you know, Joe is at a point where he just wants Jason gone. Right. I think they work well together, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, he's not really one of my guys. So right, right. Um, I, it, it's like any of us. I mean, we all want our people around us and sometimes we can have that and sometimes we can't. And that's just the impression I get. So, but uh, you know, Hey, listen, according to Joe, everything's all roses and sunshine. So, right. Well, everything is roses and sunshine, except for the overall, overall result results. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the big thing that that's all that anyone really cares about is getting wins and losses. And it's just not there right now. It's, it's as far as I mean, of course, the, the quarterback's going to get the he's going to get the, all the conversation. And I think the jury's still out on Daniel Jones. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? As it stands right now, I mean, he does some things really good as far as what I see from a distance. And then there's some things that I scratch my head and say, what was he thinking? What are your thoughts on Daniel Jones right now? I think he's trending upward. You know, okay. a lot of people are going to say, OK, he hasn't had a consistent offensive line in front of him between the performance and the personnel rotation because of the injuries. He hasn't had a full set of playmakers around him, Um, but he's done some good things. I think he has sped up his decision-making and his processing, which was a big question mark. We talked about you and I at the beginning of, uh, you know, back in the summer, that was one of the things I wanted to see. Sometimes though, I think Daniel tries to do a little too much and he feels the pressure of, oh my God, I've got to make a play because if I don't do it, nobody else will. And that's when he starts to get into trouble. You know, I go back to the play against the Cowboys where he got dinged. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying for weeks that if he didn't learn how to slide or if he wasn't more careful, he was going to get a concussion. Right. And when he did, I, I, you know, I was like, I called it, you know, I wanted to be wrong, right? but I called it because that's how it was trending. And I think they finally got through to them. I hope they did because I noticed he started sliding the other night, but you know, you've got to, it's kind of like, you know, what you said on my show about Derek Carr, you got to just be you You can't say, you know, you you can't care, you know, and that sounds weird. You know, you've got to care, but you can't care. Right. Just be you just be, do what you do best and let the other people you're supporting cast kind of, you know, be there for you. Don't don't feel you have to do everything. Right, exactly. And so with that being said, I mean, you mentioned the, the offensive line, the Raiders defensive line led by Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby having a really good season uh, together. Those two guys lead the team in sacks and they're leading the league just about in pressures on quarterbacks. How concerning is it with those two guys coming to town and the, the status right now of the Giants offensive line? Well, let me ask you a question. How often do the uh, Raiders do stunts and twists? <laughs> well, uh, they, they they do a lot of that. They do a lot of whatever they can to get home with their front four. Let's put it okay. like that. <laughs> then I'm worried because the Giants, when it comes to stunts and twists, yeah. they've had some problems, especially in the interior. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the communication. I don't know if it's just 
the players aren't recognizing it, but some of that, that pickup of, of blitzes and, you know, the exotic stuff, the twists up front, right. That's been a problem. What has also been a problem is I don't always see a consistent push up the middle by the interior. Mm. Um, I, you know, the, the giants are on what their second center now with Billy price. Right. And, you know, no disrespect to him, but he ain't Nick Gates. Right. Nick Gates, I thought, was a little bit more of a uh, uh, a road grader than Billy Price is. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, the the offensive tackles are going to be without Andrew Thomas again, who's on IR. Matt Parrott hasn't played that badly. Nate Solder, on the other hand, he's he's been an adventure sometimes. So uh, I have concerns about that offensive line because last week, you know, against that Chiefs defense, they uh, they had some adventures, and it was like, whoa. So there is part one of our conversation right there, talking all things G-Men. That's Patricia Trainer. We will continue with this conversation in part two, in segment number three of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. We'll continue to talk all things Giants. We'll start to talk about the defense. We'll talk about the offensive line. We'll just get into all things Giants. So by the time the show is over, you have a very good idea of who the Raiders should be facing as they travel to the East Coast to take on the New York football Giants. Before we get to that, though, do want to tell you about a great sponsor here on the show, which is Bet online.ag and baseball is over the world series is a wrap the braves are the champions so uh, you don't have to worry about baseball but basketball is still going watch a really good game on on wednesday night between the warriors and the hornets thought that was fantastic of course football is great pro and college football you always love that right well you're headed to the website right now betonline.ag you can do it on your laptop or your mobile device sign up today and you'll receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and what that means whatever you put in you're going to get 50 percent on top of that to go ahead and play with you drop a thousand dollars into your your account you're gonna get 500 to play with if you use the promo code locked on again basketball football nhl boxing ufc vegas casino games all that stuff is going on and then some betonline.ag has got you covered the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and they're where the games start segment number three and part two of the crossover edition is on the way your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Time for segment three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast and part two of the crossover edition as I talk with Patricia Trena, host of Locked On Giants, talking all things G-Men. The Raiders take on the Giants early, early kickoff on the East Coast on Sunday uh, as they attempt to go 6-2 and two and keep that number one spot in the AFC West. Of course, it's hard to talk football with everything else going on around the team, but uh, as Derek Carr said, they're professionals and they got to get back on the grind. So uh, let's jump into part two of my conversation with Patricia, as we talk all things defense, um, as far as defensively, I thought I saw some good things from the Giants defense on Monday night against the Chiefs. I, I thought, especially in the secondary, and, and this is what I wanted to ask you, how, how have you been feeling about the secondary? I thought they did a good job really kind of limiting Patrick Mahomes and his big playability. Yeah. Um, one of the things they did, I, I'll tell you what, I thought Patrick Graham set the blueprint for future opponents to follow to keep the, the Chiefs you yeah. know, under wraps. Yep. Um, I like what they did with Kelsey, how they bracketed him, you know, kind of took him out of the game. Um, I don't think Tyreek Hill made much of an impact. I think his longest reception was, what, 15 yards? Yep, yep. So they did a good job with that. They didn't really blitz Mahomes because if you blitz Mahomes, you're going to you're gonna get burned by mm-hmm. him. They, but what they did a decent job of is they kept them in the pocket and they also took stuff away and forced them into making – some uh, hasty decisions 
And of course, we saw a couple of turnovers from him. So I thought overall the defensive game plan was sound by the Giants. Now, was the execution always there? No. Right. There were some mistakes made. For sure. There were some stupid penalties. But the overall plan, I liked it very much. And I do think that that's going to be the blueprint that that the next several opponents that face the Chiefs are going to probably try and replicate. Well, and I feel like the Giants got to feel pretty good. I mean, if they're able to slow down that Chiefs offense, which has high flying, we know that even though this year has been a little erratic. I mean, the Raiders have a good offensive attack, but if you if you can slow down one offense like the Chiefs, you probably feel pretty good that, hey, we can run with these guys too defensively. So this almost feels like to me uh, a game, Patricia, that – the, 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 the Giants are going to be led by their defense and then the offense is going to follow. Would you say that that's kind of kind of what, what you're thinking as well? I think so. I think, you know, again, it depends on the injury situation with the Giants, right. but I would be kind of surprised, like I said, if we see Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay. I mean, and, and again, I, I say that and they'll probably play because right. that's what the Giants do. But now are they going to have Sterling Shepard available who's like, you know, one of their top slot receivers, you know, how much is Kadarius Tony going to be able to do? Yeah. Um, you know, is Evan Ingram's calf going to act up? There's just so many questions. So, so yeah, I, I think the jury's still out on that. I mean, disclaimer, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so we haven't <laughs> seen any injury reports. Right. And uh, I know when we talked to head coach Joe judge on Tuesday, late afternoon, he said, Oh yeah. You know, Sterling and, and, um, Dante Pettis, the other receiver who was injured, we're seeing the doctor. And, you know, we, the running joke with amongst the beat writers is, is uh-oh, coach says they're still seeing the doctors. That means they're going to land on IR. Right. Because that's the path that, it, unfortunately, it's taken. Yeah. So I think we need to see how that plays out. But, uh, yeah, I've got some concerns about that for sure. Yeah, it should, it should be interesting. Obviously, that's a, that's a major element of the game coming up. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, again, I, I see elements of this team having good areas, you know what I mean? But it's just, they really haven't put it all together. And I think that's what kind of concerns me about the game is if they all put it together at one, one time, they could have a really good uh, game plan. Again, I feel like they should have won that game Monday night against the chiefs and just found a way to lose it. So uh, as far as your concern, I just got a couple more questions for you. What would be the biggest, your biggest area of concern? What's the one way that you think that the Raiders can no doubt about it, exploit this part of the giants and, 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 and basically lead their, their way to win in this game. They've got to rattle Daniel Jones. Okay. Plain and simple. I mean, Daniel, look, I mean, he can hurt you with his legs and he can use his legs to escape. So if you take that away from him and you kind of force him into those tight window situations yeah. and rattle him, he will make mistakes. And, you know, it, it's like any, any quarterback on the face of the planet. Right. They don't like to be harassed. They don't like to be hit. And that offensive line the pass blocking hasn't been horrible. That said, uh, last week I thought it was, or on Monday night, I should say, I, I thought it was, you know, below standards, what right. we've seen. Um, so I think if you get home to Daniel Jones, you can kind of, you know, get that offense in, out of sync. Um, the other way around is, you know, and I'm curious to see who they have on the edges, the Giants, because right now they've got, um, Lorenzo Carter was out last week, one of their outside linebackers. O'Shane Zimenez, who's one of their other outside linebackers, against the run, not very uh, stout. So last week, uh, or on Monday night, the Chiefs were actually exploiting the edges mm-hmm. with their running game. And then right. the Giants found, you know, adjusted and shut it down. So, so yeah, those would be some of the concerns I have and uh, for how the Giants can be beaten. But the big one is 
rattling Daniel Jones and forcing him to work on their terms, their tempo, as opposed to his terms. And you know, you, you're good. You must be in my head already because I was about to ask you about the run defense and I saw the Chiefs getting getting off on the run game and they don't necessarily do that all the time. They usually are able to succeed through the passing game. But uh, what what is your thoughts on, on the Giants and the way that they stop the run? Because I think this is a game where the, the Raiders may try to lean on uh, on the running game a little bit as well. Well, I'll tell you what, the Giants picked up Benardrick McKinney yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and he's actually been pretty good against the run because, you know, the Giants, were they were getting gashed on the ground. I mean, the Cowboys gashed them yeah. to the tune of like over 200 rushing yards. I think Alvin Kamara the week before with the Saints, he had over 100 yards. The Giants had to do something. They are really, really missing Blake Martinez in that run defense. Mm-hmm. McKinney has been a godsend. He has helped stop the bleeding. I mean, they're still, they're still not, you know, they still haven't shut it down, but right. he has gone a long way to stopping the bleeding. Um, the edges is where I'm concerned okay? because those guys, you know, they're smaller, you know, they're quicker. I mean, Aziz Ojulari going to be a good one. I, I, I really believe that. But against the runs, the technique's still not there. Right. O'Shane Zimenez against the run, still, uh, still a struggle for him at times. Lorenzo Carter, if he's healthy, he I think he can, you know, batten down the hatches there. But um I, I'm concerned about those those off tackle runs, those, you know, those misdirections, you know, anything up the middle, I think the Giants can handle. Okay. But I, I'm concerned about anything to the outside. There you go. Attack the edges. Attack the edges. That's to pay attention to. And that's something J- Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake both, if they're out there, they could uh, they could really do that. So that's going to be an interesting element. And, and Patricia, final question for you, and this has been great. I do appreciate you. Uh, you know, these are some West Coast cats, man. They're coming from Las Vegas to New York. What's the weather supposed to be like on uh, on Sunday? What are you thinking? Oh, my gosh. Well, we are definitely in, in the autumn. Uh, okay. So temperatures are... Like, uh, you know, like right now I'm looking at my temperature on my, my laptop, it's 45 degrees. So for me personally, I mean, anything 50 and above, I don't wear a coat because I'm used (laughs) to that. You know, I know, I know anybody who's comes from a warmer environment, they're like 50. Oh my God. I remember when I went to the Super Bowl when it was in uh, Arizona and it was like 60 degrees out and I'm walking around without a coat on and and the natives, they are like, (laughs) oh my God, aren't you freezing? I'm like, it's 60 degrees. What are you talking about? Right. It's beautiful. So, cause we're used to having that spring. You yeah, know, whereas yeah. I think you folks don't have a, a spring in the summer. You you just go, you just go right to summer to, you know, a mild form of summer. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I, I haven't looked that far to be honest with you. So I don't know if it's going to be rainy or whatnot. I'm hoping it'll be dry because I hate driving in rain. I hear that. Uh, and plus the rain just makes it so miserable and sleepy. You just want to go to sleep. But yep. um, yeah, I would say probably, you know, in the 50s, if we're lucky, maybe we'll get into the 60s, which wouldn't be too bad. But at nighttime, it'll probably get a little cooler, like 40s and stuff like that. So if you're coming out to the game, you'll probably want to bring a jacket with you, I would say. There it is. Simple as that. Patricia, great stuff as always. Definitely appreciate you and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be talking soon. All right. Take care. So there it was right there. That was part two of our conversation that we had talking all things Giants. Hopefully you got a much better idea. If you want to hear what I had to say about the Raiders, you could obviously go check out Locked on Giants 
because I did about 20, 25 minutes just talking all things Raiders. So if you want to hear that part of the conversation, go check out the Locked on Giants. But many thanks to Patricia for joining us talking G-Men. And uh, hopefully you got an idea of who they are. They're not going to be an easy team. I know that they're not a winning team, but uh, especially with the everything that's gone on this week, it's going to be a tough time. It's going to be a tough out for the Silver and Black. But I do believe the makeup of this team is going to help them get over the hump and get through what they're going through. And probably getting back on the field will be uh, somewhat a relief for at least a couple hours on Sunday. So coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more calls and texts right off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. We'll also have news and notes of the day. There will be some more uh, players and coaches meeting with the media later on today. So we'll have some of those sound bites, and of course, we'll have some keys to victory for the Raiders as we close out the week as strong as possible. And again, try to turn our attention to the actual football activities on the field. So appreciate all the feedback from Raider Nation on Twitter, on the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, and uh, just thank you for supporting the show each and every day like you do, and thank you for making it your first listen each and every morning. Remember, you can find this show free and available on all platforms. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of your family love on your family man if you ain't called one of your family members in a while to tell them that you love them you're thinking about them call them you never know just give them a call tell them that you're thinking about them it only takes a couple seconds it ain't gonna hurt you it ain't gonna take too much out of your day i promise you so until then rare nation as always just win baby